Hey y'all. And welcome back to bless you. The podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm Callie, your co-host. And of course I'm here with my girl, Elise. Hello. We just had a little introduction from Siri or who was that? I don't know who that was, but she really wanted my consent of being recorded. I'm like, yeah, girl, uh, you, you got it. You got my consent. Um, okay guys today we've got a guest and she is bomb and this is going to be really good. And this is going to be one of those episodes where I don't feel like I'm an expert here. I mean, let's be real. I think y'all know that at this point, like I'm not a total expert in really anything, but this is one of my weak spots. And so I'm really glad to have her here because she's going to like knock this one out of the park. But of course, before we get to guest and all of the expert things, let's talk about our sparkles. Yay. Sparkle time. I want you to go first. Cause I'm excited for yours. I, I don't, I have no idea what it is. That's because I think our weeks have been like shit pun intended. <laughs> oh, <laughs> y'all guys, why do I always talk about pooping? On I don't know. Podcast? Our digestive systems have been going. Okay. But like, I don't know. I've been in a funk and maybe it's because of hormones that I've been on. Like, man, as we already talked about, infertility is a bitch. I've never been on this medic, like much medication before in my entire life. So, and you know, you never really know if it's you or if it's the medication that's like making you funky. Mm -hmm. But besides my general funkiness of not finding anything interesting or exciting aside from that, um, I've had some issues this week with, with honestly, like being a boss and being a boss is not something I ever really wanted. If I'm going to be honest, like when I set out to start blush, I wasn't like, yeah, because I want to be in charge of people. Like that's the last thing I want. And it's funny. My business partner and I had this conversation this week that both of us are like very much do your job. I believe in you. You've got this and I'll check in occasionally, but like, I'm not going to micromanage you. Like that's just both of our styles, which means <laughs> like what, it would be nice if one of us was more like, let me hold your hand, but neither of us are. So I've run into some issues this week where I've, I've had to be the bad guy and I've had to be the bad guy in the, in the past. Like, it's not like I necessarily shy away from that, but, um, my dad taught me this Oh my gosh. I don't even know how long ago it was, but I think it's some of the best business advice or maybe like management advice I've gotten. And I, I hope that I've done a good job at this this week. And I hope that I'll continue to do a good job at it because I really believe in it, but it's being hard on the issues and soft on the people. Like mm -hmm. the people are doing the best they can and I'm going to screw up you're going to screw up. We're all going to screw up. We're going to have weeks where we're on fertility medication. Apparently didn't see that one coming, but here we are. And like, we're just not going to be ourselves. But if you sit here and like make the person feel bad about it, why mm -hmm. the hell would you deserve their best anymore? Mm -hmm. Like instead just be hard on the issue. And it, I feel like it makes it way less personal. It makes it way easier to get over and move on from because it's not the person. It's just a problem that can be fixed. So once the mm -hmm. problem's fixed, let's move on. I love that. Yeah. I so that's that. been my guiding star this week. Cause I really like, everyone's like leadership's the best. No leadership fucking sucks. Okay. Like be being in charge of people is not fun. I, I mean, would so much rather have everyone just be on a team and there's no leader. Yeah. Well, you have to have all the hard conversations. I, I like, I would not, I would not do well at those conversations. 
I mean, I don't know if I do well in those conversations. No, I think you, I think you do. I think you do a great job. Well, only because of this advice, I'll say, yeah. because I used to fly off the handle and just be like, why can't everyone do it? But the other thing you have to realize is when you own a business, no one's going to care as much as you do, except for maybe Elise. I think Elise <laughs> actually might care more than I do, but, <laughs> which could be a problem. And we could circle back to that later. Like maybe I need to care more. I don't know, oh. but, but it is true. I've always had that problem that no one cares as much as you because your shit is on the line. It's your yeah. company. It's your livelihood. Like it's your vision. So why the hell can you expect people to care as much as you? So that's one thing. It's like, it's crazy that I found someone who does. I always am in amazement of that, that I cannot believe I found someone who cares as much or probably more about blush than I do. But then it's also being easy on the people who don't and understanding like they have lives, they have other priorities. So instead of beating them up, for not being all in on your vision. It's like, just focus on the issue. Yeah. Like, you know, this is not, this doesn't need to be a character attack. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. I think that was good advice. I love that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's been guiding me. We'll see if it's, if I've done well with it, but yeah, I hate, I hate having those tough conversations. I hate, I hate the whole thing. It sucks. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about diarrhea now? (laughs) Talk about the shitty part of being a leader and the shitty part of of being Elise. Of being Elise. (laughs) There we go. So everyone, my sparkle, I actually have, uh, I'm medicated this week. So I went to Cabo to have a very romantic getaway with my husband and must have got like Montezuma's revenge. I ate some sushi. I'm not supposed to have raw fish, but I did. Cause I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to like live my life, you know, and then instantly regretted it. Um, that was the first night that we were there. And then from that point on to like, literally now I've been having major, and I mean, major gut issues to the point where I am in session and like, I'm like, oops, gotta go. Gotta go bye. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that is one I'm on antibiotics to hopefully clear out. If I had like a bacterial infection, my doctor was like, maybe it's like Montezuma's revenge and you're just not pushing it out. And phase two of my sparkle is that I got on Prozac this week. I'm like, Woo! I, I've always had anxiety. Um, but I feel like recently with, you know, this past month I've been experiencing like depression for the first time, which is like very interesting to me. You know, you empathize and you learn about it in grad school, but to like actually experience it for the first time, I'm like, Oh my God, I have like so much more empathy now for all of the people out there who struggle with this because it's like, feels like it's not you genuinely, you know, like you have these moments where you're just like, Whoa, like, I'm pretty sad, you know? And like, so I'm on Prozac and I am on day two. So we'll see how it goes. But for all of you people out there who are, I always was like, you know, my anxiety, I've always had anxiety. So that was like my baseline, you know? And I like, we've talked about this before Callie too, of like, if that's your normalcy, like, you know, that it is what it is. Like you have to choose what you want to do with that. And so Mm -hmm. I think it got to the point where I was like, all right, I've exhausted all (laughs) natural remedies or, you know, things to help. So I'm on the Prozac squad now and I'm pretty excited about it. So stay tuned. Hell yeah. I'm very pro medicine. I mean, I'm not necessarily like, don't talk about your problems and just take a pill. Like I'm not that extreme, but I am like, Hey, 
this is just a chemical thing. Like this isn't you, this isn't Mm -hmm. anything that you're doing. I think a lot of times, here's my problem with the holistic world sometimes I think it places a lot of responsibility on the individual like Mm -hmm. you're not doing enough if you ate better or if you took the right supplements or if you exercise more or if you did this it's like good lord can we just like live our lives sometimes like it's not always up to us that we're not feeling as best as we want to so what I love about medicine is it brings your brain up to a normal level of functioning to where all the other good things that you're doing can start to actually have an impact totally that the exercise is giving you more endorphins because if you're starting at such a low level, those endorphins are only going to bring you up to like, you know, not even a normal level of functioning. Like your brain has to be supported Mm -hmm. with the right neurotransmitters. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I just, I'm so interested because like, I genuinely like do not know what it's like to not have anxious thoughts all the time. You know, like I, I have always, since I was a kid have always been anxious. So I'm like, so excited to like, think like, maybe I'm going to have days ahead where I'm just like, not anxious, which is just like, it's like a, I can't even comprehend that really, but we'll see. Her sparkles are about to be very sparkly. I know. (laughs) I like that. Sparkly sparkles. Um, okay. Well, I'm excited for you too. And I'm very proud of you for being that vulnerable and sharing that with everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. You just gave a lot of people permission to maybe go explore that themselves or maybe feel not ashamed for already going down that path. I mean, I always have new clients and they like, look at me, like I have my shit together. And I'm like, have you listened to the podcast? Because (laughs) like, I might look like I have my shit together, but girl, I am unraveling at the seams. Okay. Like, so I think it's cool. Like, I mean, I'm still love my life. I love my job. I have so many great things in life, but like shit happens and it's sad and you're anxious. And so like, it's just nice for people to, who like think that I have it all together and like me, like, no one has it all together, you know, no, no one no, genuinely. No. My clients so. know that I'm a mess. My clients are always like, can you help me through this? Or I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> They're very well aware that I am not all together. Okay. Let's, let's get into today's letter, but before yes. we do, let's bring on our special guest. Let's we have Lizzie on today. And you guys, Lizzie is one of our newer coaches on blush. Lizzie is also an SMU girl, which yes. is kind of fun. So she, I don't actually think it's funny. Like we talked about this, like we kind of knew each other, but not totally, but our mutual connection is Emily who is, is still, well, not really. She's actually not really a blush coach anymore, but anyway, so we have this connection and I like force fed blush to Lizzie. I like stalked her. I was like, Emily, give me her number. I will chase her down. Elise, here's her email do it. Come back to me when it's done. It was literally like a mob deal. It It was was. like, you will deliver the product to me as I want it on a timely manner. So poor, poor Lizzie is here. Hopefully not underdressed now because she's been killing it. And anyway, she is, I would say she's, you're an expert now in what we're going to talk about today. So Lizzie, come on, introduce yourself, give the people what they want. Hello. Hi, thanks for that introduction. And I do want to say, like, I accepted your blush offer within hours. So it's like equally as eager or um, stock esque as it could be. It was so great. I loved it. <laughs> that is true. She did. Even, I was like, sleep on it. I, so I never let someone accept an offer in the interview. I feel like 
I'm impulsive. So I project that under other people and assume everyone else is impulsive. So I'm like, you have to think about it. And I, most of the time I'm like, just sleep on it. Like, I feel like things marinate when we go to sleep. I don't know why. I don't know how that happens. And Lizzie was like, yeah, too bad. <laughs> I'm accepting in an oh, hour. No. Please. Yeah. And thank you. I'm not very good with the waiting. So I'm just like, okay, well, I feel like if I know it now, it's not going to change. So I'm just going to jump in and it's yeah. been great. It, yes, it truly has been great. I'm so happy you're here. Okay. Elise. Yes. Read me my letter. Okay. Let me get to it. Okay. <clears throat> Bless you. I am writing with the hopes that you can help me overcome a challenge I've been facing for years. I hate my body. And when I say hate, I truly mean it. I am majorly struggling right now with my body image. For some context, I grew up with three older sisters and a mom who have always been very health conscious. Being active and eating healthy has always been a must in our household, but there was a greater emphasis on the women. I can remember my mom always calling herself too fat or complaining about her arms and thighs and cellulite. She was always doing the next fad diet and invited my sisters and I to join her. We all did Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig together when we were in high school. My two oldest sisters are tiny and my other sister and I have more of an athletic build. I would say we are all super healthy, but I mostly, but I most definitely struggle with body dysmorphia, especially having my sisters to compare to all the time. I find myself either being so strict with my diet, definitely have gone a whole day of not eating just at all, just to try to lose a few pounds or so lax where I'm eating everything and anything, drinking lots and indulging in everything. There's truly no in-between and I can recognize that I definitely do not have balance. I'll have periods of time where I gain 10 pounds and then lose 10 pounds in a matter of months. I'm sure this isn't healthy, but I'm not sure what to do. I'll also mention that social media doesn't help. I'm 100% addicted to being on Instagram and TikTok and looking at all of these models with their perfect bodies and perfect faces just makes me feel like shit about myself all the time. I guess what I need advice on is what to do as someone who majorly struggles with body image and body dysmorphia. I feel like I'm constantly trying to keep up with my two oldest sisters, friends, and these beautiful people on Instagram. I genuinely can't think of one thing that I don't hate about my body. I know this is holding me back in lots of situations. I get anxious about wearing certain clothes or even worse, swimsuit season. Sometimes I'll cancel and not engage only because I don't want to be seen in certain lighting or in certain outfits. My body takes up way too much of my mental energy and I want it to stop. However, no one in my social circle has normal body expectations either. So it's constantly on my mind or it's being talked about in front of me. How do I change my mind about my body? How do I overcome this lifelong challenge of loathing every physical feature about myself? I would love some advice on how to move forward because I'm tired of this taking up all of my brain space. Thank you. And it's from hate my body. I feel like this is from every woman in America. Yeah. Maybe arguably the world. I don't really know about other cultural standards for bodies, maybe in other places, but I know that here it's like unmanageable and frankly unsustainable. So the here's the bad news is that this is common. Like we receive letters, I think a lot where situations are pretty unique. And so maybe you listen and you're like, yeah, I kind of relate, but maybe not, but I'm going to be shocked if not, if everyone doesn't relate to this or, or did relate to this at some point in mm -hmm. their lives. 
Um, so, I mean, the tough part is that I'm standing here after, you know, having thyroid issues, I've gained weight. I can't lose it. I'm kind of, I'm not in a great place with my body either. So I relate to this. This is, this, this is, as I gave the disclaimer earlier, like I am not the perfect person to talk to about this, but at the same time I'm going through it. And I do have some tips that have somewhat worked for me. So I'm going to share this with the caveat of, I am not an expert, but first I have, I've started to use social media as a tool of empowerment and I've become very, very, um, sensitive about who I follow. Mm -hmm. So there are some really lovely ladies that are not like teeny tiny and are not encouraging me to lose weight and are trying to motivate me to love my body as it is on social media. And those are the only fucking women I will follow <laughs> like, mm -hmm. from here on out. It's over. So like Ashley Graham is one of them. Tess oh. Holiday's one of them. Mm -hmm. Hunter McGrady's one of them. There's one named Javiera, Danae Mercer, Danny DMC. She's actually was, this is interesting about Danny. She was a fitness model. And then she was like, this is, I hate what I'm doing to my followers. So she changes it up. And now she shows you the tricks that influencers use mm. to look a certain way. Yeah. So oh. that's interesting. Um, I way is a company or it's not really a company. It's more movement that Jamila Jamil started, um, a little background on her. I know she kind of looks flawless and it's, it's kind of tough because she's like so skinny and perfect, but she does have a background. She took steroids. I think she like gained weight for a little bit. She really had to face that relationship with her body. And so now she's a huge advocate. She's like very much at war with the Kardashians right now. And then of course my queen Lizzo, like mm -hmm. these are the women I follow. And I just, so it's one of those things where if you can't get off social media, you don't want to, I feel like I can't get off of it as a business owner. I feel like it's weird if I just disappear from it. I like to stay abreast with everything that's going on, but I'm not going to do that at the expense of my mental health. So it's fun getting online and seeing these like gorgeous women who kind of broke the mold in, mm -hmm. in this case for beauty standards. The other thing I'll tell you is if my social circle was beating me up about my body, I would be in such a bad place. I will say that, um, I hate to stereotype, but this is just my reality. But like gay men are the best hype people in the world. Like every time I say, they're like, girl, you look amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, do I really? And they're like, you look flawless. And my, uh, like my other friends are like, you don't look any different. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How do I not look different? Like I look so different. And they're like, literally can't tell at like nothing, like not a pound. And it's like, that's the energy I want. It's not a big deal to them. So why should it be a big deal to me? You know? Yeah. I, it, mm -hmm. It's just so helpful to be around an empowering social circle. I'm not getting that from this letter at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to stop rambling. I really want to hear what Lizzie has to say since she's better about this. And Lizzie, if you don't mind, you can even discuss like what, how you came to the point of being passionate about this topic too. Like, feel free to give us background on that. Yeah, of course. I'll start with that. I wanted to work with a eating disorder population. I knew pretty early on going into college that this is what I wanted to pursue. However, I was sort of going in through the nutritional side of it. Um, I went to Texas A&M, Giga Maggie's. Okay, uh, but also hook them, so. I know. know. <laughs> I know. Good old rivalry here. <laughs> but, but yeah, I went in and then did a few internships over the summer in college and just realized I wanted to be more with the patients, with the clients, and so switched over to psychology. And at some point through my counseling journey, I was able to work for an eating disorder treatment center and kind of bringing it full circle felt like I was really where I wanted to be. And it was very interesting, I think, to see 
in that intense of a dynamic. And it's not something that is like translatable by any means to the general population. It is really different. It's very specific, but I do think that there are so many good points to it that are really applicable. And a lot of why I wanted to get or why I wanted to work with this particular population and just people who were struggling with their own body image to begin with was just because of my own issues. And I think we see a lot of that probably within counseling we want to, or coaching, like we want to get into it because of something we've experienced and we want to be able to help other people. So I have my own background personally, just through all of this. And then of course, a little bit here and there professionally and just continue to speak about it because you can't not talk about this enough. Like you were Mm -hmm. saying, it's, everywhere and it's all the time and I think especially now Callie you were talking about just where we are now it's I was on a panel about body image maybe a few weeks ago talking about how are we supposed to handle just the generic anxieties and pressures of body image now that we're coming out of quarantine and COVID and it's summertime it is it's everywhere. And it's not just from our friends, it's from marketing, it's from restaurants, it's from obviously retailers, TV shows, just things that are like, quote unquote, excited for the world to open up, but are doing it in a way that is sort of degrading or just adding that extra pressure on us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm also really against the whole concept of exercise to burn off food. Like I, I I thought that was just like a normal thing for so long. And then I think someone pointed it out to me. They're like, yeah, it was really, I was in a spin class and they were like, oh, it's Sunday morning, like burn off that wine. And that just pissed me off. And I looked at them and I was like, wait, that's normal. And then I was like, wait, what the fuck? This is crazy. This is actually insane that we're saying that you, because you enjoyed yourself on a Saturday night, you deserve to be punished for an hour in a warm, mm-hmm. dingy, sweaty room. It, and it's also like exercise shouldn't be for that. It should be for like blood pressure and, you know, I don't know, mental health, honestly, more than anything, but just also like strengthening our muscles and our heart for a longer life. It shouldn't be to like lose weight. Like, I don't think that should be necessarily the goal. And frankly, exercise doesn't like for me, I don't know much job, but exercise does not help me lose weight. In fact, I gain it because, <laughs> because my body is like, Oh, you're running away from a massive boar. Aren't you? You're running, you're in danger. I will store up all the sugar. <laughs> my body still thinks it's like the 1500s okay so so it doesn't work for everyone but yeah I mean and here's the problem like Elise and I come back to this all the time we don't make the rules so like if we made the rules we would tell every lifestyle brand and corporation and fitness thing that it's like stop fucking talking about weight stop talking about it it shouldn't come out of your mouth it shouldn't be even insinuated in your marketing like take it out and focus on something else you know but we don't make the rules so now we're at this point so how do we help this person how do we tell her to mute all of those messages and focus on something else it's yeah. so it's so hard. I literally was trying on a pair of jeans today and they were too I like went in the dressing room with my normal size and they were too small so I like tapped the lady. I was like, "Hey, can you like grab me a size bigger?" and she was like, "Okay, yeah." So she went, goes and gets a bigger size and then she comes back and she's like, "But don't worry. Like these have been running really really small." And I was like, "Why would I be wor- like why would I be worried?" And she was like like it was just I didn't connect what she was saying and it's like you're so right about these messages literally being everywhere and everybody is so influenced by them that it's almost like 
a blind spot that everybody has that we're just like not aware of until you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the reality. I think weight, at least with me too, I received so many messages growing up, um, that my body was part of my identity. So, mm-hmm. and, and I also think, um, this is something I was thinking about this letter earlier and I was like, what else has been part of my identity that is inevitably, inevitably going to leave? Like my body can't be part of my identity because every year it ages every year it changes and it's something, it is a losing battle. And I'm not just talking about weight. We're also talking about elasticity. We're also talking about wrinkles. We're also talking about its abilities. Like I'm not going to be able to do the same things when I was 18, when I'm 50, like, and I think youth is part of that too. Like having that identity that you're young and that you can make mistakes. I don't know. This is just me. Like, and these were kind of the messages that were given to me. And it's such again, a losing battle to have weight being part of your identity, which, you know, for this letter writer, hate my body. It seems like your body is almost the only thing that's part of your identity at this point, Mm. because it's just so deeply ingrained in you. And that's, that's going to be part of it is focusing on who else are you besides your body? What else do you have to offer? And that that's a big part of the body positivity movement. I've noticed is understanding that you have worth not just at any size, but it's more regardless of your size. It's more take size out of the equation. It it does. It's not applicable. Mm -hmm. It's you have worth because you exist. You have worth because you treat other people with respect. You have worth because you're giving your gift to society. Like, I think that mindset is helpful too. Yeah, I think very much so. And what I learned about body positivity and following the movement and just really listening to it, I think is interesting to see body neutrality Mm -hmm. come into play and this particular movement towards just being body neutral and very similar to what you're saying, just sort of accepting our body as is, but we are so much more than that. And there's so much more to our lives, things that we can appreciate about ourselves that are very distant and not compartmentalized with how we physically look or how other people perceive us. It's just trying to achieve this space of like, yes, my body is however it is in this particular moment, but I'm more than that. Mm -hmm. Or I feel more than this. Because if I can guarantee you anything, it's that your body's going to change. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to stop changing. So if we get so tied up in the way that it looks or the way that it presents itself or the way that it feels or the way any of it, like, again, you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment because it's going to change again. And so that's kind of what I've agreed about. Like some of my clients will ask me, well, how do I accept and love my thighs? And I'm like, you fucking don't like, I don't, I also don't want you to lie to yourself. I don't want you to sit here and fill your head with lies because then you're going to learn to not trust yourself. So it's more like when I go outside, I don't notice how green the grass is, or I don't notice every detail around me. Like I just kind of take it in and then filter some things and pay attention to some things and don't pay attention to others. So I was like, why are your thighs even relevant? Like, why are we even talking about them? Why are we paying attention to them? I don't think that's something that's important. Why don't we instead focus on how you feel today or what you're doing? And so I, I really do like this body neutrality more movement because the body positivity movement, it also kind of felt like to me, like I saw this, um, I was, figuring out what to watch last night instead of doing something productive. And I saw this movie title that said real women have curves. And I was like, well, what the fuck? (laughs) I I don't know what that movie is or what it's even about, but I was like, 
that's also a dangerous message to be like, mm-hmm. you know, bigger bodies are the only ones that have worth and to be a little superior when it comes to that. So, yeah, I mean, the more I were talking this out, the more I'm like, this letter writer has to decide that it doesn't matter. And I think furthermore, she has to decide to hang out with people who don't care as much either. Like frankly, yeah. my friends who look at me like I have two heads if I talk about it. Cause they're like, what the fuck are you doing? You're being so boring right now. <laughs> I love that. I saw, um, do you guys follow Brock your body on, um, Instagram? She's like a yeah. chef. She's so good. Well, Only she, cause you made me, but I, yeah. I do like her. <laughs> She's amazing. But she posted, um, on like insecurity a couple days ago. And I loved what she talked about. Kind of like to Callie's point, she was like any, man that I end up with is not going to be someone who doesn't like me because I have thicker thighs or any friends or family members that are meaningful to me are not going to judge me because I have cellulite on my butt. So it's, I think that that's a good perspective because it's like, you know, really understanding the power that we're giving it. Right. And we're influenced and conditioned to give it that power. But I also feel like we totally have the power to take away that power also. And I love, you know, I love affirmations and I love all of that too. But, you know, if you don't feel like you're beautiful, like going to the mirror and being like, you're beautiful, that's like blowing smoke up your own ass, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that point on neutrality also. Um, and just like not giving it that much power. And she was talking about just like how, even if her life was, or even if her body changed to what she thought was a realistic or, you know, accepted standard of beauty, like, would that really impact her life that much? No. And she'd want to change it once she got it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, cause we always want more. That's just human nature. I find very few people are content. Well, I have a few friends who are super content. I'm like, wow, what's that like? But I mean, for, for people like me, and I'm assuming this letter writer falls more on the spectrum with me it's that once we get what we want, it's time for the next thing. And so it's, you are following a carrot that you're never going to get is mm-hmm. the problem here. And so this is, a again, this is a losing, losing, losing battle. I do want to point out, and Lizzie, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but this does sound a lot like disordered eating. And it does sound like she's got some deeper things going on under the surface. I mean, hell, her mom put her on freaking Weight Watchers and Jenny. I can't imagine being in high school and being told that my body, like my body was awesome in high school. And like, I didn't even think about it because we're in high school. That's not what you're supposed to be thinking about. So like, I'm not trying to blame the letter writer or, or at all. It's clear as day where this came from. But I do think that this is gonna involve a deeper look and maybe some actual treatment or actual supervision so that we can break some of these damaging habits that she's learned over the years. So she can get to a point like kind of actually, at least what we were talking about earlier, it's like, sometimes you need medication to get to a normal level of functioning. So you can really then catapult and, and create this gorgeous life that you want. I don't, I don't think this letter writer necessarily, if she incorporates all of our mindset, I don't know if it's going to 
push the needle yet because I feel like she needs to get to a place where she understands what healthy eatings look like and she don't freak out when she sees brown rice on her plate. You right. Know I mean? right, right. Like the start with the foundation before you can like go to the mindset. I totally agree with that. Right. Right. As someone who's been a little sensitive over the years and has kind of fallen trapped to some of these things, like, I mean, there's been multiple points in my life where I thought carbs were just like a no, no, like you cannot eat them. And I've, I've made a promise to myself now that, especially now, cause I'm in this mode of, you know, I, I figured out that I, my thyroid wasn't really working. That's what triggered weight gain and not being able to lose it and all that. And it's like, I could make the decision right now to be strict as hell and get it off quickly, but I'm not going to fucking do that because that will get me into a place that is so toxic. Yep. And I just, um, I'm, I, I'm forcing myself to not do that. And I am forcing myself to let it come off slowly because that's what it's supposed to do. But I refuse to fuck up my eating habits in the meantime. Like I will eat carbs. Damn it. Good. Carbs are the best. Good. They are. Brown rice is so good. Actually, all rice is good. Actually, you know what else is good? Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza, pasta, rice. I just had rice for lunch. It is good. It is so good. But I think okay, Lizzie, what'd right. you, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Cause I just gave a very blanket assumption and I don't know what I'm talking about. So look, talk to me, please. I think you're right. I think a lot of what's coming through in this letter cannot be, or should not be handled alone. Um, not that it can't be done, but I do think that there's so much power in assistance and in support and encouragement and however she chooses to move about or pursue what that looks like, you know, there are so many options, but I do think that when it's so deep rooted like this, especially familial disordered eating habits, eating disorders, not to, you know, label this as one, but like it's, it's there. And Mm -hmm. if she doesn't have one, I'm sure it's just top of mind or she's experienced that. Um, between her sisters or her mother and the family stuff makes it that much more complicated, especially from what it sounds like that they're still close and they still interact with each other pretty frequently. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the work that we would do in treatment centers was really with family therapy and encouraging family involvement because it starts somewhere just as she's written here. And Mm -hmm. that's really I think it's interesting. Like it doesn't give us as kids, we don't have the time of day to really accept that our bodies can fluctuate Mm -hmm. or not even can, they will fluctuate, but we're Mm -hmm. automatically, those tools are automatically taken away from us because we're pushed into this fad diet or this mentality that we need to keep a certain size or we need to keep a certain whatever weight, just because our parents are still struggling and going through with that and are putting their narrative, you know, Mm -hmm. on their children. And I think that that gets really tricky because you can only hope that as a parent, you know, they're doing what they think is best and whatever it is, their own reasoning to be pursuing that particular diet or whatever it is, like, perhaps fear, let's say in this instance, like they're just trying to protect their kids. And of course it is doing damage. But I think as adults, like we have to be able to look at our 
body in the same way as we kind of look at like our independence of growing up. It's like, I, you know, I'm out of my house or I'm going to college. I'm on my own. Um, I live with a roommate, things like that. It's like, we are also learning to separate ourselves and our body image, the narrative that's wrapped up in what our parents have pushed on us or what our Mm -hmm. family household has, has pushed on us and creating new boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's this thing out there that people think you should weigh the same that you did in high school. <laughs> That's like a thing oh. in Los Angeles. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like uh, what? Also what? In no. high school, I was getting up at 5 a.m. to go do high kicks for an hour and a half. So yeah. I also had like boundless amounts of energy in high school. Oh, God. I know. Like- I would also come home and eat like a half pack of Oreos and be like, woo. I mean, like, no, I just... <laughs> Man, LA, I'm telling you, LA is so backwards, but you said one word that of course I was going to hook my claws into, which is boundaries. And I don't necessarily come from a family. I don't think that is extremely inappropriate about weight, but weight was commented on a lot. Um, I think again, as you said, out of fear, out of protection, Mm -hmm. out of, out of a lot of things, it didn't, it didn't necessarily come from a a bad place, but it is a bad thing. You Mm -hmm. don't comment on someone else's weight, just as you probably shouldn't comment a lot on your own, which is something I'm working on right now. It's almost like, I feel like I have to preface like, yeah, I know I gain weight. It's, it's ridiculous. I have to stop doing it because I need to start focusing on body neutrality. But the point is, is hate my body. It's time for you to, the one thing that you can do today, like now, is you can set boundaries anytime someone comments on your weight or anyone else's weight in front of you. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely something you can do right now. It's something that I am trying to do. I definitely do it in more of a family sense. Um, I do it with people I'm super comfortable with. I mean, granted, if someone commented on my weight with someone I don't know, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) Get away from me. But you know, it is something you can do today, which is please don't comment on my weight. Please don't comment on their weight. That was inappropriate. Ouch. My favorite one. Ouch. Right. Like you can do that and you can do that. And to make sure that no one in your social circle brings up weight in front of you ever again, if they want to have that conversation on their own, they're welcome to, they can continue that toxic dynamic amongst themselves, but you absolutely can remove yourself from it whenever you want. It's up to you. It's, it's a simple boundary that's going to have to be performed probably 20 times a day. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. And yes, the burden is on you. And I hate that for you because I wish that you were in a more supportive environment. But unless you're willing to give up your relationship with your mom and sisters, which it doesn't sound from this that you are, and I wouldn't want to encourage that anyway. Like Lizzie said, like you're going to have to think about this from a systemic point of view, which is getting everyone involved and getting everyone involved means setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think it's just, it's um, interesting too, to sort of learn how to set boundaries because mm-hmm. we're not used to it. And I was talking about this particular subject recently and talking about like practicing how to set boundaries because a lot of it is within people we're really close with or our family members. And I don't know, for me, like when I was setting those boundaries with my family, I wasn't in a particularly good place with my, my family, my parents, like I didn't feel super close with them. They, I'm an only child, but I did not grow up having my best friends as my, or my parents, me and my best friends. Mm -hmm. And so it was, 
really hard for me. I feel like to set boundaries, it was easier to just avoid. Mm -hmm. And same thing with my friends. I was always sort of like the listener with my friends or just following around and to speak up for myself was really something new. And I think the same way that we see on social media or marketing, whatever to say, like practice your affirmations, like practice setting the boundaries to practice saying no or ouch or whatever it is, because when you can practice it by yourself, it will be easier to use it when you're in that situation. But you're also like learning to set those boundaries for yourself too, in a way to build up confidence. Yeah. And, and I mean, boundaries obviously work in this setting and in any other setting, but I think what boundaries the goal is that once you start setting a boundary with your maybe nuclear family, and then you extend it to your friends, and then you start extending it to where you shop or what you consume or where you frequent, meaning maybe you don't go to that spin class where that stupid instructor won't shut up about burning off pasta that you ate the night before. Like maybe that's not the best place for you. Maybe you unfollow a lot of these perfect bodies that you speak of on social media and opt for women that you think resemble your body shape and that you like to see. And it reinforces your pride for your body. You know, again, body neutrality is obviously the goal, but like, we've got to start somewhere. And so if you're not willing to just, you know, turn the switch off, which good luck, I don't, I don't know how to do that either. It's helped me with baby steps to say, Hey, maybe I need to change what I think a body should look like. And it's helpful to see images that don't make me want to crawl in a hole and die. Like that was helpful for me because then all of a sudden, if you feel normal, well, then maybe it isn't a big deal anymore. Maybe you don't think about it all the time. The reason that you're thinking about it all the time is because I think you feel rejected or like you don't belong or like it's a flaw and that you're not who you are because your identity is being taken away because you, you're, you're not living up to this standard. I mean, those are strong emotions. And so if you're going to correct those, you're going to have to find a way for you to feel like you belong, that you're not rejected. And so a lot of that is taking control over your life, meaning taking control over your environment and creating one in every way. I'm talking online. I'm talking buying mm -hmm. clothes. I'm talking mm -hmm. the classes you take. I'm talking your, I'm talking everything, literally every inch of your life should be curated by you and should be a safe space for you. Yeah. I love that. I also think I want to point out, um, like self-talk too, because I don't think we've mm -hmm. like really touched on that yet, but like that quote, the words you speak become you the house that you live in. I think with all of these influences that we've talked about before, where we're kind of like conditioned to hate our bodies or be super critical of ourselves, or I hear a lot from people in my life and my clients, like utilizing criticism as a way and a form of motivation, like, oh, like calling yourself a fat ass is going to make you motivated to get on the Peloton. It's like how Callie pointed out before, like working out and I like joyful movement like that. It shouldn't be a punishment. Right. So like if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're degrading yourself and you're disrespecting yourself and you're just being an asshole to yourself, like I have so many clients where I make them write sticky notes every day to put on their computer that says, don't be an asshole to yourself today. And like, I love mm -hmm. that because it's like the way we speak to ourselves sometimes, and it usually goes unnoticed. Like sometimes with clients, I'll have them start like a, a self-talk log where they write down all of the thoughts that they have about themselves. And they're shook. Like they come the next week and they're like, I am mortified that these are so horrible. Like I would never speak to anyone the way 
that I speak to myself. So I think really looking inward, obviously I'm going to assume that, you know, you can hear the negative self-talk in the letter in and of itself. So just, I would check in with yourself. Another thing that you can do along with setting bound boundaries right now is, you know, just maybe have some awareness and maybe do the self-talk log. Maybe, you know, you don't have to, again, like overcompensate and blow smoke up your ass and say things that you don't feel is true, like replaced with positive self-talk, but just like having the awareness and being able to challenge it, right? Like we don't have to go all the way to positive, but like, if you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, you're disgusting. Having the awareness, like, oh shit, that was not very nice. And then saying like, I don't want to speak to myself that way because I know that I am worthy of more. I, I, use that all the time where I'm just like, was that, was that helpful to me? Was that necessary? Was Was that that really necessary? And then if it's not, if it's not, then I'm just like, okay, it's gone. Like it's gone and we don't have to sit on it anymore and it's gone and I'm, you know, moving forward. But I love, you know, it's not, you don't necessarily have to go from negative self-talk to positive self-talk like that back with that body neutrality, like self-talk neutrality, where you're just like sitting in the middle and just challenging yourself and kind of like putting a boundary with yourself when you're being an asshole to yourself. Yeah. And I think that you could get to positive self-talk, maybe just not about your body, maybe about your brain, maybe about your relationships, maybe about your drive, maybe about your talents. Like that, and, and that's the thing. I think that not everything has to be neutral. I think we can be like fucking pumped about the way we treat other people or about how we use our talents to make the world a better place. I don't want you to be neutral about that. I want you to be really like amped about that and put it out into the world. But with bodies, it's just, ugh, it's just such a delicate walk here because our bodies are, are going to fail us at some point. Like that's what happens not to get existential, but they, that's literally the road that we're going down. So let's give them a break. Okay. (laughs) I had, I talked to this psychic one time, um, and she was like, talked about our bodies as just like a suit that we wear to carry our soul through life. And I so resonated with that because it's like, it's just it's just a capsule to like keep us safe and to protect us. Right. And like to let us carry out our lives. But like beyond that, like, you know, it is what it is, you know, like don't get so hung up on like a item of clothing, if you will, you know? Yeah. 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 So I feel like we've covered a ton a ton, a ton, a ton. But the the question she asks is how do I change my mind about my body? And the answer is, I'm not sure that you do. I think that you maybe create a safer place for your body. I think that you maybe change expectations for what your body is supposed to be. I think maybe you, you give your body a fucking break and you decide I'm not going to focus that much on it anymore and decide like, just like we don't obsess over, I don't know, again, when I go outside, I don't obsess over the color of that bush. Cause it doesn't matter. Like that's kind of where I'm at with this. So I don't know if I have the answer for how do I change my mind about my body? I think maybe that's not the right question to ask. Maybe there's another question to ask, like, how do I choose to be happy? Mm, Yeah. I think that might be a better question. Okay, guys, any other thoughts from you brilliant ladies? 
I don't we think good? So. I just okay. want to say it will take time. Oh, yes. And I think like give yourself grace and compassion. We cannot change our mind about our body in a day, in a mm. year, in a few years. It's so wrapped up and it's, we see it every day. So it's even that constant reminder. Yeah. It, and it's That's a journey. Funny. I don't think it'll ever yeah. end because the second we become accepting or neutral, our body changes and, yeah. something, mm-hmm. else, and something else happens. Right. So like your thyroid decides to be a bum fuck. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a never ending journey that we have with our bodies. And I think just like Elise said, to be kinder or even more neutral with yourself, the same goal for our bodies. Cause it's the only one we got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is it. So <laughs> might as well be, you know, not, not an asshole as Elise would say. <laughs> um, okay. Let's wrap this one up ladies. Um, okay. So clearly Lizzie's brilliant and knows what the hell she's talking about. So I think if, if this letter was like a kick in the gut for you and you were like, okay, hello, I wrote this awkward. Then might I suggest one, this is not one of those letters where I'd be like, okay, listen to this podcast and then you good. Like, this is one of those where I think takes like, hate my body. I really do think you should consider speaking to someone or seeing someone. I don't say that in, from a judgmental place or a shameful place. I say that from a place of empowerment. Like if you really want to do this, don't do it alone. Okay. Um, and if you're someone that really just needs, I don't know, some motivation, maybe some mindset reframes, Blush is very good at that. Mm-hmm. So I, I highly suggest checking out Lizzie. Okay. She's taking clients. She's clearly a badass. She knows what she's talking about. You're going to love it. Come on. So join seriously use promo code blush you in all caps for 25% off your first month. And Lizzie could be your coach. How freaking cool would that be? And then if you have a letter that you want to send to us, please, we are nosy and really like them. So send them to blush you at joinblush.com. Elise and I read every single one, I promise. So send them in with all the details. Please, please, please. We love it. Thanks, Lizzie. Yeah. You were great. This was so much fun. Thanks, ladies. This was you really were. fun. I love you were it. the best. So good. Appreciate your time. And all right, guys, we'll see you next next time. See ya.